It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store today uh, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk about controlling blood pressure, and um, we have uh, joining us uh, during uh, during the third half of our three-hour tour, uh Dr. Willie Edward Lawrence Jr., who is a a cardiologist and a a volunteer expert with the American Heart Association. And uh, also, he just recently has uh, relocated from, I believe, St. Louis to uh, uh, Benton Arbor, Michigan. And so we're going to talk with Willie about controlling blood pressure and, and the social impact on health and, and uh, um, what some of the uh, impacts of uh, blood high blood pressure are in this country. And uh, before that, we're going to talk a very interesting uh, story with uh, Daniel Levin, who was uh, um, actually... Uh, the son of a diplomat, spent his uh, early years in the Middle East and in Africa, and uh, he's written a book, a uh, true life story, um, called Proof of Life, 
20 days on the hunt for a missing person in the Middle East. Should be uh, should be very interesting. But first, we're going to have a uh, preview of our uh, Memorial Day show and uh, a brand new conversation with the uh, National Commander for the American Legion. His name is uh, Bill Oxford, and we're uh, going to be talking with Bill here in yeah, just about a minute and a half. But uh, that gives me time to tell you about tomorrow's show. We're going to have immigration attorney and expert Elizabeth Goss back to the show, and uh, she'll be followed by Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable. Tomorrow's Wednesday, which means Armchair Politics for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, and national news and current events. Mark Everson will be joining the roundtable. He uh, served as a high-ranking government official under two Republican presidents. Mark will be joining our roundtable regulars, uh, Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right. So be sure and join us for uh, my conversation with uh, immigration expert Elizabeth Goss and uh, this week's edition of Armchair Politics, which will also include some quotes and uh, my favorite segment uh, of the show, the uh, the last segment uh, at the end of the show, The X-Files. So be sure and uh, tune in for all that. And uh, also in the remaining 10 seconds, I just want to say thanks to all the people that are supporting the show through our uh, Facebook fundraiser. You can go to my page, my Facebook page, and uh, find that fundraiser and help out. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program. My uh, guest this hour has uh, spent uh, over 30 years in the uh, military, in various military service to our country, and uh, currently is the National Commander of the nation's largest uh, veteran organization, uh, the American Legion. And uh, his name is, um, I had it right here in front of me, and it completely escaped me. I know his name is Bill, but Bill Oxford. Forgive me, Bill, and welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Tom. It's, uh, it's an honor and privilege to be here. Just to uh, thank you for the uh, the invitation, the opportunity to represent the uh, three million members of our American Legion family. Tell um, tell me a little bit about the American Legion. It's uh, it's over a hundred years old. It's uh, the nation's largest veterans organization. But how is the American Legion different than, say, the VFW? Well, the the American Legion was founded in nineteen nineteen. As a uh, as a war veterans association, uh, chartered by Congress, and uh, so we we just celebrated our hundred and second birthday. But uh, when we think about the American Legion, we we uh, are about uh, honoring veterans and recognizing veterans and supporting veterans. But the American Legion has four basic concepts, four basic pillars that we operate under. Uh, the first is Veterans Affairs and Rehab, uh, supporting veterans. Uh, the second is uh, national security. The third is Americanism, and the fourth is our children and youth program. So uh, as we 
as we think about supporting veterans, that's who we are and what we do. Our children and youth programs is, is coaching, teaching, educating, training our young people with our children and youth programs, like, like American Legion Baseball, our boys' state programs, our oratorical contests, uh, scouting, uh, junior shooting sports, uh, ROTC. Uh, those things are all a part of our uh, children and youth programs. Uh, the uh, national security issues, uh, we are absolutely concerned and totally support a strong military uh, that uh, protects our country and then promoting and ensuring that America uh, stays a strong patriotic country is the Americanism pillar. So those, uh, those are the four basic concepts or four basic pillars that we operate under, and that's, uh, that's sort of who we are and what we do. But there's also an interest in uh, addressing what uh, is being called forever wars as a result of uh, the post-9-11 authorizations for use of military force. Um, what What is the American Legion's interest and position on that? Well, I think that that goes back to uh, we we totally support eradicating terrorism, but uh, we, I think we've uh, we've achieved that message and we've achieved that end, and it's time to end the forever wars. Uh, the the it's the imminent is not the same as permanent. Uh, we faced an imminent threat uh, many years ago, but it uh, the original intent was to stop terrorism, not build nations. And uh, I think we've uh, we've provided uh, enough support for those countries, their their militaries and their infrastructure. Uh, if America's threatened, we totally support strong response. But it's time to uh, to end those uh, forever wars. What happens to to um, soldiers like, um, for example, um, President Biden is is talking about bringing troops uh, out of um, Afghanistan and. Uh, and some other parts of the Middle East, um, they've been there for 20-plus years. What happens to the soldiers when a drawdown like that occurs? Are they just mustered out? Um, are there stateside roles for soldiers to play? I think I think there is. Uh, the... the uh there are multiple missions across the country or across the world that the American military is currently involved in. We we have uh, we have soldiers and service men and women in more than 130 countries around the world. So I think I think there is an adequate mission out there to support that military. And as we as we move forward, we just need to to make sure we we maintain that strong military. How did the the red poppy become a symbol of remembrance and and hope? Well, uh, just just a little bit of a history lesson here. Uh, in, <laughs> in World War One, uh, in World War One, in the battlefields in Europe, uh, the poppy grew wild on the battlefield. And if you uh, if you remember the the poem by John McCrae, the Canadian who wrote In Flanders Fields. It talks about in Flanders, in Flanders fields where poppies blow. But the poppy was recognized by those who survived the battles. The poppy was recognized as a living symbol of the people who made that supreme sacrifice. And uh, in uh, 1920, uh, the poppy was adopted by the American Legion as a memorial flower. 
And then in 1924, we adopted a program to distribute poppies uh, around the Memorial Day weekend. But the poppy uh, is recognized uh, from World War One as a symbol of those who made that supreme sacrifice. And I would, we would uh, encourage everyone uh, to to wear a poppy on National Poppy Day, which is May 28th, or in and around Memorial Day weekend. And how significant is Memorial Day, and what should people do to commemorate it, Bill, um, you know, aside from uh, throwing some steaks on the grill? <laughs> well, I, I think the steaks are a great idea. But, but and nobody's nobody's against that idea, but, but there is a concern that people forget about the reason for Memorial Day. Well, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Memorial Day is more than uh, than the than the cookout. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, last year, uh, we we did have uh, limited Memorial Day services because of COVID, but we plan to uh, celebrate Memorial Day 100 percent this year. But Memorial Day is it's different from Veterans Day. Uh, Veterans Day is about the people who who are still here who have survived, but Memorial Day is a way to remember, to recognize, honor, and never forget uh, the, the veterans who uh, gave their all in support of this country. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things that we need to continue to emphasize and make sure Americans never forget the sacrifice those uh, veterans made. You know, speaking of uh, people who've lost their lives, we've heard a lot about um, the suicide rate among serving and, uh, um, I don't know if you'd call them retired uh, military people. Um, what, what is going on there? Is, is it despair uh, after leaving military service? Is it something that happens during military service? Why is the suicide rate among uh, veterans so high? Well, that, and, and it's, it's impossible uh, to, to pinpoint one specific thing uh, that, that has that effect because there are many. Uh, veterans uh, sometimes, after the, the structure, the organization, the discipline that they have in the military, once they get back to civilian life and uh, become uh, a part of the civilian world again, they lose uh, some veterans lose focus about where they need to go and what they need to do and the, their responsibilities. But uh, the the issues, uh, I mean, it could be financial, it could be medical, it could be legal, it could be uh, it could be personal. Uh, the, and there are many many uh, issues uh, that that uh, might uh, cause a veteran to uh, think about the, the, that horrible act. But uh, it's one of those issues that we continue to to look at, support, and try to find a way to affect. Uh, the we are uh, trying to make sure the the VA is is aware, and they are, of the suicide issues, and uh, we continue to uh, support ways to address and and look at those issues. And the uh, the Veterans Crisis Hotline is one of those things that uh, if somebody's thinking about that. The number 1-800-273-8255 is just a way if, somebody's, uh, if somebody needs help, if they're in a situation they want to talk about the, that horrible act, uh, please uh, ask them to call that number, 1-800-273-8255. 
More with the National Commander of the American Legion, Bill Oxford, straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Today. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. 
where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with the National Commander of the American Legion, Bill Oxford, straight ahead. And and how do how do you encourage um, and and how does it work uh, this this idea of buddy checks? Well, uh, the buddy checks is one of the things that we we created a program uh, last year before COVID came out. Uh, buddy checks are just a way, and it. it relies on uh, one of those terms that we've all heard before about battle buddies. The buddy check program was just a way to reach out and uh, contact other other veterans, other friends, neighbors, relatives, and uh, just to check on them and see how they're doing. Uh, how can we help? Uh, there, there have been uh, many issues uh, or many uh, success stories across the country where uh, a veteran reaching out to a veteran has uh, discovered uh, a veteran in need of help, and we've been able to do that. Uh, there have been many, uh, many things that uh, have been, uh, many veterans helped because of that buddy check program. And the buddy check program uh, also, uh, we feel like, has had an impact on uh, the veteran suicide rate because it, uh, it, does, uh, it does provide help and assistance and let somebody know, hey, we're still here, still want to help, but let us. You mentioned the Veterans Administration, the VA, a moment ago, Bill. Um, how is the the relationship between uh, the American Legion and the VA? Well, uh, we had, and I say we had, uh, we had a great relationship with the previous secretary and the previous administration, and we're still we're we're in the process of working through and developing that relationship. Uh, the American Legion looks at the VA as the best medical care available for veterans. They have the experience, the knowledge, the the everything that they need uh, to provide that care to veterans. So we we totally support the VA. We think and we know they're the best help available and the best medical system for America's veterans. Is the is the VA? I've read things about the VA being somewhat. Uh, uh, overwhelmed in in not able to keep up some time, which has resulted in veterans waiting a long time for medical care they need. Um, is is that is that the case? Is, is do we need um, more resources for the VA, financial well, and otherwise? Ron, if, yeah, if if we if we look at the organization or any organization. The size of of uh, the the VA uh, that they do have uh, many 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 working parts. So as we uh, as we continue to to look at everything they do, uh, I think uh, the funding is uh, it's it's adequate. Is it all it needs to be? Well, that remains to be seen. But uh, we do uh, we do think the VA was uh, they were prepared. For the COVID, were they totally prepared? Well, maybe, but uh, their response to the COVID pandemic, and I've I've discussed this with multiple uh, VA directors, and uh, their their response has been outstanding. Their plans and and the preparation that they made and have have been just uh, good, great all across the board. But uh, do they need to continue to improve and look at other ways? Sure. But uh, 
they they have done a a, a relatively uh, good job uh, in response to the COVID pandemic. Bill, you're a veteran of the Vietnam War. Has the the American public changed the way we look at and treat soldiers returning from overseas combat? Uh, yes, and I, I, I when I came back from Vietnam, uh, I was uh, I was not uh, not treated uh, with the greatest respect. weren't exactly it, uh, welcomed it, with open arms, were you, Bill? <laughs> not, not exactly. <laughs> and, to uh, put it mildly, I guess. You, so, sometimes I'll tell you a story about that, but uh, my the uh, the uh, response and welcome was not uh, really what I expected. But uh, and that's one of the things that that has. Uh, has me involved so heavily with the American Legion. I made a uh, I made a commitment that says I will not let an American soldier be treated this way again. So uh, after after the first Gulf War and uh, the the current ongoing wars, the the veterans that we see today I think are recognized, and uh, we all know the sacrifices and services that they make to this country, and the the response, the welcome, uh, the way they are treated when they return is absolutely 100% better than it was uh, in 1970 when uh, when many of us came back to Vietnam. And that's, um, you know, you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, Bill, that uh, things were different with Memorial Day celebrations and, uh, and, and even with the American Legion's own national convention, you picked up a term along the way. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> Just just a little information there. I was uh, elected in August of 2019, and I was supposed to serve a one-year term. That would have been the, the convention in 2020. But since since we had to, uh, or we decided, made the decision to cancel our convention in 2020, uh, I was uh, tasked with serving another year. So uh, I will be, uh, up until now, the only national uh, commander of the American Legion who ever served two years. It is that's a, um, a a standard thing, one year and out, right? Yes, sir. It's uh, it's that's just a a typical term. And uh, with with the intensity, with all of the travel, with all of the things that is associated, uh, one year's enough. But <laughs> because uh, because of the restrictions that we faced, uh, it was. It was just uh, the right thing to do. I, I mean, not, not because of me, but I think it was the right decision to, uh, to carry forward for for uh, another year. Well, and kudos to you, Bill, for accepting the uh, the responsibility and taking on this uh, this second year. Well, it's a, it's an honor. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to do this. So I just uh, I, I want to thank uh, the, the leadership of the American Legion for giving me the opportunity. One of the things that that I found interesting was that um, the American Legion has been uh, uh, trying to uh, lobby Congress uh, to pass uh, a Pay Our Coast Guard Act. I didn't realize that the Coast Guard wasn't paid. Well, uh, last year, uh, during the government shutdown, uh, the... The Coast Guard was not paid, so uh, the the American Legion uh, used uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, financial funds uh, to provide some assistance to young Coast Guard families during the during the shutdown. And uh, the American Legion uh, provided a million dollars 
uh, to young Coast Guard families, and that wasn't that wasn't loans; it was just grants to help young families uh, get through the financial crisis they were facing because they were not getting paid. Uh, but that's that's just who we are and what we do. Is uh, apparently uh, the Coast Guard is not considered an essential service? Well, <laughs> the, the the Coast Guard. <laughs> I, I didn't mean uh, to put it like won't. that, Bill, but. <laughs> Well, the, the the Coast Guard belongs to Homeland Security. They're not part of the Department of Defense. Ah. So that's that's the the, the thing about that. Uh, we we want to uh, we're asking Congress to uh, to pa- to pass the however they do that is to pay our Coast Guard Act. And the Legion is also uh, encouraging Americans to uh, take the vaccine. For COVID nineteen, absolutely, yeah. We uh, we, we are encouraging uh, uh, the society, uh, everybody, to take the vaccine. It's just a way to uh, to uh, create the immunity that we need as a country, uh, and it's it's uh, it's it's a way to save lives. So we we are encouraging everyone, uh, veterans and members of society, uh, to take the vaccine. It's a way to to get ahead of the crisis. Um. Another thing um, that that the Legion uh, has been focused on are the harmful effects of uh, top toxic exposures to open-air burn pits, jet fuel, and other uh, environmental hazards. Um, is that something that happens in in combat zones or or just on military bases in general? Well, I think there's a there's a combination of all of those things. If we uh, if we look back at Vietnam, Agent Orange uh, was the uh, was the toxic exposure uh, uh, point of uh, discussion. But since then, uh, we've seen veterans uh, exposed to burn pits, firefighting foams, the radiation, and, and there there are many many other substances that humans uh, should not uh, ever be near or exposed to. Uh, if we look uh, at Camp Lejeune, the contaminated water supply, uh, those things uh, sometimes just just happen because of the, the things the military is doing. Uh, was it right now? Maybe not. But uh, still, uh, those kinds of things do happen. But what we want to do is make sure that if, if they are exposed, we want to make sure they get the proper treatment, the proper medical care, uh, and uh, maybe... Uh, and, and in some cases, and this is another great part of that tragedy, uh, some of those exposures uh, can be uh, genetically passed down to future children, children and grandchildren. So as we as we move forward, we just want to make sure that the the uh, the government and Department of Defense and the VA is aware of these, uh, realize they happen, and uh, commit to providing uh, whatever medical care uh, is needed or is necessary to make sure those people uh, are, are able to recover. And and also the the Legion supports passage of a uh, constitutional amendment that would uh, protect the U.S. flag from from desecration. Is that anti-flag burning? What what exactly is the the Legion's position on that, Bill? Well, no, the uh, the American Legion was instrumental in creating the flag code many years ago, and we totally support uh, our First Amendment rights. But the uh, desecration of the flag 
is uh, is something we feel very strongly about, and we do and, and continue to support that constitutional amendments uh, to protect the desecration or prevent the desecration of the flag. What do, what do you say to to um, people like uh, oh uh, Colin Kaepernick and and uh, others who've taken a knee during uh, the national anthem and the raising of the flag at, at public events as, as saying that, that somehow the flag um, flies as a symbol of some of the things that are wrong with our system and that that's an appropriate way to protest. Well, that's a, that's a tough one. We, we do support the, their right uh, to, to uh, peaceful protest. And we do support their right to protest, but uh, when you uh, when you dis- disrespect our flag, you're disrespecting America's veterans. Uh, but does that include uh, taking a knee, or or are you limiting uh, your position to things that actually desecrate the flag, dragging it on the ground, uh, burning a flag, and so on? Well, that's that's a uh, that's a pretty tough question. We 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 do support the right, uh, but uh, to to disrespect the flag is to dis- disrespect uh, America's veterans. And and I appreciate that, Bill. But um, I, I I do understand that that some people, uh, and and I'm thinking a lot about African Americans um, who take that position because of some of what's happened with. Uh, problems with law enforcement that really doesn't exist in the military anymore does it absolutely not uh, we 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 are one military we are one brotherhood and any anybody uh anybody who ever uh served uh understands that that we are all one brotherhood anybody who ever served the military uh, is uh that we're just we're all in this together. Uh, we all have served served the same uh, served the same country, stand for the same flag. What kind um, What kinds of things will uh, be happening for Memorial Day this year? Now that people are starting to come out of their uh, their bunkers and quarantine because of the because of the pandemic, um, do you feel comfortable that that the things that you used to do pre-pandemic will be okay for people to do and participate in. I, I would say absolutely one hundred percent. We uh, we observe a Memorial Day last year, even though it was restrict, restricted. But uh, with uh, with all of the uh, the vaccine, social distancing, masks, there's no reason not to celebrate Memorial Day this year. Uh, Legion Post and communities across the country uh, will be holding uh, Memorial Day services and uh, just make it uh, make it a, a a point to uh, to remember and honor and and uh, make sure we never forget the fallen men and women who've made it possible for us to uh, celebrate Memorial Day. Is, is there a, a place where people can go to find out what kinds of things might be going on in their area if they want to participate? Sure. Typically, uh, typically every well, we'll say every post, but most departments uh, have a have a web page. Uh, you can go to uh, legion.org, or you can also check out the Legion on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, any of the other social media sites. Why is the number forty-eight significant to the American Legion? 
Well, the uh, the 48 car, uh, we just uh, made an agreement with uh, Canassi Racing uh, a few months ago uh, to become a sponsor of uh, the Canassi uh, Indianapolis Racing Team. And uh, the 48 car, uh, Jimmy Johnson, who is a seven-time NASCAR champion, is uh, is our driver, and he'll be uh, sporting the American Legion colors. And between uh, between Jimmy and Tony Cadan, who is also an Indianapolis 500 winner, uh, they are part of our race team. This is this is just a way for the American Legion to expand the the visibility, expand the brand of the American Legion, and uh, draw attention to uh, to some of the things that we uh, we want to emphasize. And why the number 48? Well, the 48 is the car is the car number that Jimmy Johnson drove when he was in NASCAR. Oh, okay. Uh, the 48 car was was associated uh, with Jimmy and his championships, and uh, the 48 was also associated with uh, with Lowe's as as their primary sponsor. I, I for some reason I thought maybe there was some significance with the number of stars on the flag when the legion started or you know some some historical <laughs> reference there but no it was it was the 48 car that jimmy johnson drove in the, in his nascar uh, career gotcha um what is uh, 100 miles for hope well our our 100 miles for hope challenge is a program we started last year and uh, the 100 Miles for Hope was just a, a challenge uh, to uh, members of the American Legion family uh, to get outside, uh, do, do some exercise, uh, uh, get your heart rate up, maybe lose a little weight, maybe get a little bit healthier. But it was a, a challenge to do 100 miles, whether it's walk, run, swim, bike, or whatever, over a period of about three months. And it was just a, a challenge to get, to, to get people outside, out from under the COVID pandemic and uh, maybe get a little bit healthier but it was uh, it was also a way uh, to uh, to raise some money for our veterans and children's foundation our veterans and children's foundation uh, provides benefits uh, to families in need our temporary financial program our uh, national emergency fund and some other uh, some other charities that we uh, we supply funds for but uh, it just encourages people to exercise and uh, supports our veterans and children's foundation and we've we've started uh, this year's version started April the first. So if uh, if any member of the American Legion family or the community is interested, uh, we sure like to have you involved. Um, my guest is uh, Vietnam War veteran James W. Oxford, uh, the National Commander of the American Legion, or Bill, as he goes by. And um, Bill, I, I I'm curious what. Uh, people can do to find out more information about the American Legion? Well, uh, the the best place to do that is your local post. Uh, there are, uh, we've got almost uh, 13,000 Legion posts across the world. Uh, there are posts in every state, every department. Uh, so the best place to do that would be start at your local post. If, uh, if that doesn't uh, doesn't provide the information or the, the help or assistance you need, uh, you can always check us out at uh, on our national website at legion.org. Uh, we're also out there on Facebook, Twitter, and the other social media sites. But uh, the, the local post will be the place to start. Well, 
Bill, it's it's an honor and a privilege to get a chance to talk with you and get to know you a little bit. I appreciate you spending this time with me this morning, and um, and and of course, I, I want to share um, my appreciation for your service um, in the military and and with the American Legion. I I I think uh, kudos to you are in order and uh, keep up the good work. Well, it's a it's a tremendous honor to uh, to be able to serve, but it's it's just an honor that I, beyond what I can describe to I have the opportunity to serve our organization. All right. Well, you take care, and and uh, I I don't is Happy Memorial Day the right salutation, Bill? <laughs> uh, I guess that that works as good as any. But uh, uh, just have a have a good Memorial Day, and I hope everybody uh, has the opportunity to go out and participate in a Memorial Day service or ceremony. All right, Bill. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Again, that was uh, Bill Oxford, Vietnam vet and the uh, national commander of uh, the nation's uh, largest veterans organization the American Legion. He is uh, the national commander of that organization, serving his second term. And uh, that's that's a little bit unusual. It's something brought about by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for
While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Lifebuoy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Lifebuoy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org. 
or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I have only comparatively recently emerged from the United States Army, so that I am now, of course, in the radioactive reserve. And the usual jokes about the Army aside, one of the many fine things one has to admit is the way that the Army has carried the American democratic ideal to its logical conclusion in the sense that not only do they prohibit discrimination on the grounds of race, creed, and color, but also on the grounds of ability. (laughs) Be that as it may, some of you may recall the publicity a few years ago attendant upon the Army's search for an official Army song to be the counterpart of the Navy's Anchors Away and the Air Force's Up in the Air, Junior Birdman, and so on. (laughs) I I was in basic training at the time, and I recall our platoon sergeant, who was an unfrocked Marine, (laughs) actually the change of service had come as quite a blow to him because it meant but he had to memorize a new serial number, which took up most of his time. (laughs) At any rate, I recall this sergeant's informing me and my roommates of of this rather deplorable fact that the Army didn't have any official, excuse me, didn't have no official song. (laughs) And uh, suggested suggested that we work on this in our copious free time. (laughs) Well, I submitted the following song, which is called It Makes a Fellow Proud to Be a Soldier, which I think demonstrates the proper spirit, you'll agree. However, the fact that it did not win the contest, I can ascribe only to blatant favoritism on the part of the judges. Every man in our platoon must swell with pride For the nation's youth, the cream of which is marching at his side For the fascinating rules and regulations that we share And the quaint and curious costumes that we're called upon to wear Now Al joined up to do his part, defending you and me He wants to fight and bleed and kill and die for liberty. With the hell of war, he's come to grips, policing up the filter tips. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. When Pete was only in the seventh grade, he stabbed a cop. He's real RA material, and he was glad to swap his switchblade and his old zip gun for a bayonet and a new M1. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. After Johnny got through basic training, he was a soldier through and through when he was done. Its effects were so well rooted that the next day he saluted a good humor man, an usher, and a nun. an intellectual brings a book to every meal. He likes the deep philosophers like Norman Vincent Peale. 
He thinks the army's just the thing because he finds it broadening. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. Flunked out of second grade and never finished school. He doesn't know a shelter half from an entrenching tool, but he's going to be a big success. He heads his class at OCS. It makes a fella proud to be a soldier. Our old mess sergeant's taste buds have been shot off in the war, but his savory collations add to our esprit de corps. To think of all the marvelous ways they're using plastics nowadays, it makes a fella proud to be a soldier. Our lieutenant is the up-and-coming type. Played with soldiers as a boy, you just can't bet. It is written in the stars. He will get his captain's bars, but he hasn't got enough box tops yet. <laughs> Our captain has a handicap to cope with, sad to tell. He's from Georgia, and he doesn't speak the language very well. He used to be, so rumor has, the dean of men at Alcatraz. It makes a fella proud to be what as a kid I vowed to be. What luck to be allowed to be a soldier at ease. do in the infantry to answer this question and give us some insight into the life of today's infantrymen is this young soldier. Your name, sir? Jimenez, Jose, 31298, Is that your serial number? No, that's my area code. <laughs> I, uh, I say, are you a rifleman? No, rifleman is our sergeant. <laughs> you can dial him direct. Good. But you won't want to call yes. him. Jose, it's been said in the service that it's always wrong to volunteer for anything. Yes, I heard about that. <laughs> well, have you uh, volunteered? Well, one time in World War II, I volunteered to be sent overseas. Well, that's very courageous of you. Not really. I was in France at the time. <laughs> My luck, they sent me overseas to Guadalcanal. <laughs> Oh, then you were in the South Pacific. Yes, I also had a bit part in Oklahoma. <laughs> Wasn't much, but my family got a kick out of it. What, uh, what did you do in the service? I was a U-2 soldier. Don't, uh, don't, don't you mean a U-2 pilot? No, a U-2 soldier. You see, every time we had to attack the enemy people, the sergeant would look at me and say, U-2 soldier. <laughs> Jose, I'm trying to find out exactly what you do as a soldier. So am I. I've been searching that question, but actually what they got me doing now is I handle all kinds of high explosives for the use in demolition. Oh, really? Yes, we call it how to make things go boom. Oh, I see. You uh, blow things up. Oh, yes. And sometimes I have to dismantle unexploded bombs. Well, tell us, how do you dismantle an unexploded bomb? Very carefully. <laughs> Well, did you ever uh, dismantle an unexploded bomb? Yes and no. What do you mean? Well, it was unexploded when I started. Uh, I wasn't too careful at that time. Jose, what are some of the new types of explosives? Oh, they got some marvelous, marvelous new types of explosives. But the best type, the type I like the best, is the type I got right here. 
see? It looks like a little child's modeling clay, you see? And it's easy to hide because you can make it into different things. You could make a turtle, you could make a horsey, you could make a moo cow, or you could make an explosion. Uh, how much longer do you have in the service? I just have one more week in the service, but when I get out, I'm going to find the nearest recruiting office and re-enlist. Well, that's very patriotic of you. Oh, yes, I love those 20-mile force marches. I love eating gay rations. I love crawling on my belly through all that mud. I love the infantry. Well, this is amazing. No, this is a recording. <laughs> This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.